Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Waima. Before we start, I want to do a quick uh, reach out to the community. So right now at Plangora, which actually sponsors this podcast, we have some availability for new projects. So if you're looking for some help in Rust, Elixir, or Flutter, or anything else, please definitely reach out to us and we'll be sure to help you guys out. Uh, and now back to the show. Uh, okay, I guess to reach us out, just go to our website, www.plangora.com. And then over there, you can go to the contact page and contact with us. Now I'm going to get back to our guest, the very, very famous, very nice Vincenzo Palazzo, also known as Vincent. He is uh, one of the maintainers of GraphQL Flutter, or is it Flutter GraphQL? GraphQL Flutter, right? GraphQL Flutter, yeah. So if you guys are working with GraphQL, I highly recommend this package. Uh, what I like about it the most is that you don't actually have to use the widgets. You could just use the client itself. I think you're splitting the different packages, but I usually just use the client by itself. Um, but in any case, he is a recent addition because the current maintainer had to leave for whatever reason. And now uh, Vincent and one other guy is now currently maintaining the application, which is or the, sorry, the library, which is quite a, quite a massive undertaking, I would say, because it's a pretty big package. Uh, why don't we kind of go into to, uh, you, right? Why don't you quickly introduce yourself and then we can start. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, thank you. And uh, hi, uh, everyone. And it's great to be here. Uh, I am Vincent. Uh, my real name is uh, Vincenzo Palazzo and I am Italian guy. Um, and uh, I am a software, uh, open source software engineer. Uh, I basically, I do all, all the stuff open source and, uh, I, um, I start work on, uh, GraphQL Flutter, uh, in, uh, uh, November, uh, as a official maintainer, uh, because, uh, um, the package don't have any, uh, maintainer and, uh, is, uh, uh it was, uh, dying, uh, step by step or day by day um and i was uh, a user that uh, uh of this package in one of my side projects and i said okay uh, maybe i can pass some free time on this uh, package and help the community to to keep alive the package yeah but i mean like do you have any idea like what happened to the original maintainer because actually i think this package has been passed around quite a few times when i look at the history of it um, yes, uh, uh, the package was born, uh, uh for an internal, uh, internal, uh, startup, uh, that's called, uh, Zeno Apps or something like that. Um, and after that, uh, uh I think, uh, was, uh, uh, next maintainer. The next maintainer are wo- uh, working in the, uh, I think, uh, during the quarantine, uh, the first quarantine in 2020, April 2020. And, um, he started to, to grow the package a lot and had a, a lot of functionality. Uh, and, uh, after that, this maintainer announced that he was a full-time, he had a full-time, uh, job and, uh, he quit, uh, the, the package and say, I am not, uh, interested or I have not time to, to work on this, uh, on this package. And, uh, the last step to, of this uh, maintainer is take the version for uh, the version for the package and upgrade to non safety. And uh, after non safety, uh, the version five of the package born. And after that, uh, remain uh, this uh, this version for one year, I think. 
Yeah. So, I mean, this will make you a little bit nervous about being a maintainer of a package, which seems to be keep getting new maintainers every once in a while. I mean, do you think maybe it's because it's a big burnout or something else? I really don't know. Uh, I I am a I have a different approach, uh, and I think uh, uh, that uh, also Flutter right now is a little bit. Uh, uh, each version start to be uh, start to introduce new feature, new change, uh, uh, and different stuff. Right? If you uh, the the major release of Flutter introduces no safety, and basically you need to update all the all the uh, all the all, all the app but uh, i think uh, from another viewpoint flutter is used now in the startups that are starting to grow faster right and uh, i think that uh, maintainer uh, start to maintain the library because have uh, a goal to achieve right for instance uh, uh want to support graphql because uh, the maintainer is the first user of uh, of this library and after that, maybe when when change the uh, the stuff change or the situation change in the future, uh, the maintainer lost the the focus of this library. This is perfectly normal, right? Um, but um, from the user viewpoint, it's also a little bit how how you said unstable because uh, you are using a, la a popular library right now, but tomorrow do you don't know if. Uh, it is ready to update a new major uh, Flutter release, right? Uh, for sure, right now I have uh, I am not an official uh, first user user of this library. I am the official maintainer because I am maintaining this library, right? Uh, I am jumping. I am jump. We have a, a Discord community that I will make a live video sometime when I have time uh, and discuss with the community what what you want to add and. Uh, what is the we have some priority on what we need to change what we need to add uh, and something like that um for this, for, for the moment uh, i am the official maintainer and i hope i will stay uh, longer than uh, one or two years right yeah but i mean like uh, i still kind of want to go back because i mean being a maintainer is this your first time ever maintaining a package or this is uh you know third time or how many times do you actually maintain a package? Actually, I'm the maintainer of uh, official maintainer of uh, I think four package uh, of not Flutter. Uh, this is my first uh, official maintaining of Flutter uh, package. Um, uh, but uh, I also work on uh, uh, on Java, and uh, I I'm a, I am the maintainer of one of the popular uh, look and feel of Java that is a material theme basically. That is used uh, by Arizona State University of, uh, in a project sponsored by NASA, and also I am work, working on uh, uh, on Bitcoin side, uh, and uh, I am the maintainer of uh, different uh, different project with some tricky name. Uh, yeah, but uh, I am maintaining different uh, different package, uh, different project with different language, uh, like C. Um, Java, uh, there is Python, uh, Rust, and Flutter for the moment. Oh, really? You're using Rust also? Uh, I start to, to using Rust seriously this year. Uh, uh, but yes, I am using Rust for one year, I think, but not seriously. Uh, oh, this year is, my, uh, is inside my year's to-do list, right? In the 2020, uh, when a new year starts, you make your to-do list and say, okay, now I want 
do this stuff in this year. Yes, uh, for the moment I am I am focusing on Rust because I I, I like a, a lot the pro, the lower level programming uh, and uh, yeah. So how do you feel about the difference between Rust and Dart? Because to me they're both kind of I mean they're not they can't be used for the same things because Dart has a GC right garbage collector. So, but how do you feel about the two different languages? Because they do have a lot of similarities. I think they're they're strongly typed, compiled, um, these kind of things. Uh, yeah, I usually uh, learn language by analogy. Right? I learn uh, Kotlin by analogy with Java. I learn uh, C by analogy with uh, nothing. Uh, C I learn uh, by nothing. But C++ with Java. And I think the main difference with uh, with Rust and Dart, for instance, is uh, uh, is uh, how the concept that Rust introduced, right? Uh, uh, like the um, the ownership of uh, of of uh, one uh, one object or one one piece of memory, right? In the and uh, in in Flutter is uh, is a little bit more more easy, right? Because we we have the same concept. Is uh, that is uh, uh, is helping you to avoid access to some uh, uh, null null pointer, right? Uh, invalid memory, but in in a different way with uh, this uh, null safety uh, way. Uh, and in Rust, by analogy, we have uh, the option type that we can have a result or a known. And uh, I think uh, are two different languages that make uh, the same stuff in different way. Uh, if I need to prefer one language, I I prefer Dart because uh, it's uh, more easy to write and also more. Uh, I don't know. I like the option parameter. For instance, because it's uh, readable for for any user that uh, also don't know uh, don't know Dart, right? You you so you know that this function take this parameter that is called request, for instance, and you call request to dots uh, and you pass your parameter. This is descriptive for for the user. Um, I don't know if I answer your question. I I am going a little bit more longer, but I think uh, Arch two separate language and I I don't see a really uh, really a use case where I said I need to use Dart or Rust right because I think for my for my point of view are two languages that are focusing two different parts of the application. Yeah I think so. I think they kind of complement each other. I mean for me, you know, if you want raw speed you go for Rust. If you want something that's pretty quick but um Pretty easy to pick up, pretty easy to learn. Yeah, I think Dart is definitely something that's out there. It's amazing, like when you write a uh, Flutter application, you're really writing Dart. You know, to me, when you write a Flutter app, it's not really. It's just weird. It looks weird because you're just basically doing constructors inside of constructors, right? Which is just odd. Yeah, uh, and this is, I think, one of the amazing stuff that uh, uh, Flutter introduced, right? Uh, uh, not, it, it is not Flutter that introduced this concept. Is uh, I think the first language was Swift. I don't know. Uh, but uh, this uh, this type of uh, I I talk with a lot of uh, people that uh, think that Flutter is a language, and uh, this is completely wrong, right? Because the people are writing Dart code, and and also one of the th thing 
one of the things that uh, I don't like of Raspberry is that it is too easy to write. And uh, maybe you can write a component by copy and paste code from another source. And uh, maybe the user don't, don't take more important to learn Dart, but uh, I said, okay, I am writing this, uh, this app that looks amazing, but uh, it's written in Flutter, right? No, it's written in Dart, right? Maybe tomorrow another developer say, okay, Flutter is gone, and now there is another framework much better than Flutter, right? uh, but it's written in Dart. And uh, yeah, but uh, I think uh, the first time that I, I see Flutter, I say this is really cool language. Uh, this is uh, the first time that I see Dart. That I see this is a very cool language. And uh, after that, uh, I see how Flutter work and said uh, this is very cool. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Flutter that I mean. There's a lot of, there's also some, quite some magic to it, right? With the different types of trees, element trees, render trees, widget trees, which we all know about. So, I mean, it, yeah, I have to go digger, digging deeper too, because I, I kind of learn as much as I need to go and then just kind of go from there. But, uh, I'll be getting more and more into it some more because I need to know more and want to know more because I run into some weird edge cases here and there. Helps, like you said, it helps to, to learn more about what you're working with. Then you can say, Oh, okay. This is how you should do it. This is uh, this is something uh, I am. Uh, this is something that I am working also on my one of my side project. Uh, I am a master student also. I am making a master thesis, uh, and I start my uh, my demo with Flutter. And uh, I, what I I start to to say is maybe uh, I can avoid. I don't like to cope uh, to make uh, uh, my application full of package, right? Uh, for instance, you, you have a different package that make different stuff, but you can do these uh, art coded in your application. And this can help you to, uh, to stay alive also the package died, right? And uh, this, uh, uh, this is a connection with what we are talking before. Uh, your package GraphQL is a very popular, yeah? But uh, in the last uh, two years changed three maintainers. And uh, if there is no next maintainer, your application is coupled with something that is die, uh, are dying. And uh, this is something that uh, uh, I en encourage the people to do: is jump inside the, uh, uh, jump inside this uh, this project and see if if I can avoid to include this uh, this package, right? And, uh, or maybe making some architecture that involve the user to use some good pattern, right? Uh, this is something missing around GraphQL environment, right? Uh, we, we are missing on package that give you the possibility to write a good Dart app with, uh, the design pattern, for instance, I don't know, uh, a generic app provider or something like that, right? Uh, actually, I kind of want to wind back a bit because there's a lot of newer people in flutter right so you and i both know what is graphql but can you describe to somebody who's never heard of graphql like what is graphql and how does it compare it to rest oh uh, yeah uh graphql is uh uh the the rest to the uh the new version of rest right basically what we uh what we uh, want to achieve with uh, graphql uh is uh, simplify the query operation or standardize the query operation 
from the user viewpoint. For instance, uh, if uh, all, all we know how work rest, right? You make a request uh, to ask something and the, uh, the server responds with a JSON response. But uh, if you, the, the idea that, uh, uh, the example that I, I use uh, always is, uh, if you, we imagine to make a, a, a demo app of, uh, with the Pokemon API, right? Uh, if someone worked with the Pokemon API, the Pokemon API is a very complex, uh, uh, is a very complex uh, um, API, right? Uh, because uh, have different link and maybe if you want to fill the information of one Pokemon, you need to make four or five requests to the server. And uh, when you make the request, you, you are asking all the data that uh, the 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 use the the server provide with this uh, request right but maybe you 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 need only one field two field or half of the field you don't need all the field uh, from the graphql from the server and graphql uh, standardized the way to say hey uh, i won't make a query because i want this information and you can specify by the field uh, the field name what information you want back for instance, if, if a Pokemon has the name and other 20 field, you want only the name, you can call this uh, GraphQL query and uh, say, hey, I want uh, only the name. And the JSON response return only the name. Uh, another cool stuff that uh, uh, GraphQL have is uh, uh, the standardized way to mutate, to mutate the data. For instance, uh, when you want to add a new Pokemon to the server, you usually have a put or post request, depend from the language that your REST API have. Um, in the GraphQL, you have this concept of mutation. Uh, that is another uh, cool uh, query uh, that is uh, that point to mutate some data. And uh, you can pass uh, a, a GraphQL type and you uh, and uh, you have this standard way to talk with the server, and I think it's a good way to uh, to standardize uh, uh, the way to talk with the server, but also to talk with a very big API, right? If you if you think uh, uh, to to speak with uh, uh, to to build a, a GitHub uh, application, you need to uh, make a very complex query, right? Uh, and in this way, with GraphQL, you can say, okay, the query is that I have uh, uh, also the type, right? Because uh, GraphQL introduced a, a language that uh, uh, a type of the language that where you define uh, the type of the data, uh, and you define also the type of the query that your server uh, need to implement, right? Uh, or also the client need to implement to ask the query, to ask uh, something to the server. And uh, GraphQL, uh, I, I see that uh, GraphQL solved the problem with the big, uh, the big API, REST API, right? If you have a big REST API, something is, uh, sometimes is annoying, call four or five times uh, the, the REST API to call only one method, right? Uh, only to fill only one object. With, uh, with your model. I don't know if I cover all, all the points. If you, uh, I miss something, please ask. Yeah, you covered a lot of pieces of it. I mean, 
Yeah, it, it definitely does put a lot more standards on it because REST is still quite open, I think. There's some things which are expected. Uh, and then there's always this put in patch, right? Like, technically, they're two different things, but usually people use them interchangeably because patch was kind of like discovered. Yet, I believe it was defined a long time ago, but it was somehow discovered later on saying, oh, actually, we shouldn't be using put for updates. We should be using patch because we're doing patch, partial update, not a full update. So it gets kind of confusing, not to mention your web browser basically only supports two types, right? Get and post and put and delete. All these other ones just kind of come out of some wackiness that translates for you. That's what I kind of remember. But yeah, that, that's a good point, right? So you have these queries, which is just all about getting data, right? I want this, give me some things. I want this particular resource or uh, a bunch of resources or a search. So basically non-mutating uh, database access or, or data access. And then, like you said, mutations, which are very clear, right? Mutations, mutating data. I'm going to be actually doing something, creating, deleting, editing, etc., which is kind of cool. But I think the, one of the part that really shines about GraphQL is that you could say, I want you to get my friend's, 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 grandfather's dog name. <laughs> and you can traverse the whole entire tree. And you could just get the name of that dog and rather than getting all the other data, which is quite fascinating. Yeah. Uh, and also another problem that, uh, uh, another problem that solve uh, GraphQL is, uh, uh, now we live in the, in the world that one application have different, uh, uh, different device, different target user. And maybe on, uh, on that web, uh, on a web browser, you need a different function, uh, that uh, you don't want to implement on, on mobile. And I think this is very important. Uh, the uh, GraphQL API is very important in the, in the environment of uh, uh, multi-platform framework like uh, Flutter, right? Uh, we want to implement only one code base, base that implement all the platform. And uh, maybe in some platform don't want put some, some data. And, uh, this is uh, difficult to implement, uh, this function, this functionality is difficult to implement uh, with a REST API because uh, usually the REST API have some trick to do, uh, always. Uh, and uh, I think uh, the uh, GraphQL solve a lot of data, a lot of this problem. And uh, another thing that uh, I would like to mention is that GraphQL have a language and you can define uh, the query, uh, uh, in your language, in your target language, for instance, uh, Dart, by a compiler, a compile time. And, uh, this is what we are doing uh, in, uh, GraphQL Flutter. We want, uh, now you need to build your query. And your query is, uh, copy and paste the code inside a, a Dart string. Uh, but this is annoying and this is very bad. I don't like, for instance, I don't want to do in one of my projects that, right? Because I don't like to, write something in the query inside one string. And what we are trying to do is we define a, a, a GraphQL uh, uh, file with uh, all the query that we need. And after that, we, can, we call a compiler. Uh, that is a project that the other maintainer of GraphQL uh, Flutter are, are building. Um, is a GraphQL code gen. And basically take this GraphQL and generate the code to build uh, a strongly typed in Dart Lang uh, query for GraphQL uh, Flutter. And uh, 
this is a very good uh, stuff that are a very good option because you can have uh, change in your uh, API but if you have a compiler you can change easily your code base right yeah i think this is actually something i was looking for because i usually just write about all my stuff as strings and i think i was looking at this one before so is it that you can point it to like a schema and it could just generate all the code for you is that how this thing works yeah uh yeah uh, you generate your schema in your application you call the builder uh and uh, when it runs search for all graphql query and generate the uh the dart copy and uh the the cool stuff that this compiler has is that you can specify what type of uh, uh what type of uh, client you want support for instance if you want support uh, graphql that is the client used in GraphQL Flutter, uh, the compiler generates exactly the code that you need uh, to call the GraphQL Flutter, uh, to work with the GraphQL Flutter package. And uh, you for the moment, he, he supports uh, GraphQL, GraphQL, GraphQL Flutter. And uh, we are working together also because I have a, a side project that... Uh, uh, is a wrapper auto-generate the API for um, GitHub uh, written in Dart, and we are co uh, collaborating. I put some uh, some idea uh, in uh, in uh, the GitHub uh, project uh, and say, hey, maybe it's cool that we we have this functionality. And uh, I think uh, in the long term we are uh, trying to add this uh, functionality in GraphQL uh, Flutter. Uh, to avoid put uh, the user uh, the constraint to the user to define the query inside uh, uh, the GraphQL uh, uh, Dart language, sorry, uh, Dart string. Uh, we won't avoid this uh, uh, this uh, very bad things for the user, but also very bad uh, things for us because uh, half of the pull request, of of half of the bug report that are reporting on the package are uh, server error because uh, you are providing the, the wrong query. Yeah, that's the other thing too is, I mean, writing the server for GraphQL is a little bit tricky, right? Have you ever written a GraphQL server before? Yeah, uh, I, am, uh, I, I am using Go to writing my GraphQL query uh, for a GraphQL server for uh, my uh, master thesis. Basically, my master thesis talk about some collecting metrics. And uh, Gra GraphQL is the perfect framework to make this uh, type of uh, of server because uh, you have a bunch of data and you don't want to know all the data query time. And uh, basically, I'm I'm working with Go because there is an auto-generated uh, uh, framework uh, that is uh, I don't remember the name now, uh, but uh, there is a very popular uh, framework to build the GraphQL server. And uh, it, it's fun, uh, but it's a little bit tricky because uh, different frameworks speak in different way. Also, GraphQL now have two type of uh, WebSocket protocol, and uh, it can be tricky because uh, you are speaking with a server that uh, uh, speak a new WebSocket. Uh, uh, protocol, but you don't have the update in your library, client library, uh, and you have this some, something of uh, mismatch. And uh, this is uh, a problem that we have in GraphQL Flutter. We we are starting to think how uh, 
uh, how find the time to implement this big feature because it's an update in the protocol. I know what you mean because actually, um, so I usually use Phoenix and Elixir for my backends and the GraphQL library for that one is called Absinthe. And Absinthe has a very different um, subscription model where it goes over Phoenix channels. So it's like, I cannot like, that was one thing I really disliked about GraphQL Flutter is that you didn't have the connector out of the box for it, which I'm not going to blame you guys because to be honest, after kind of asking some of questions and figuring out for myself, subscriptions are not standard. As you said, there's more than one standard out there. And because there's two standards, that's actually two popular standards, not necessarily two standards only, right? If I understand correctly. Yeah, uh, this is true. And uh, the, the subscription is something that uh, uh, is tricky in uh, GraphQL. Uh, and also in GraphQL Flutter, I think we have some uh, some improvement to do, right? Uh, we have, uh, but uh, what I usually wa I want to avoid is break the API. And uh, when you change the protocol, I won't be uh, safely said, okay, we support a new protocol now, a new way to speak with the server. But uh, the older uh, version of Flutter are, and the new version are with the same API. Uh, and because uh, I don't want that the user say, okay, something has changed and my application won't work anymore. And the easy thing to do is fix the version of the package. And you are missing all the new feature, right? The new bug uh, fixing. And uh, for this reason, we need to find the time to implement this, uh, uh, this, to implement a bug fixing and make the bug fixing on this, uh, uh, on this subscription. Uh, because uh, during the subscription, you need to also manage the, the, the cache and, uh, the different type of cache, uh, the different type of the when the user want cache something or don't cache something, and uh, if you don't take uh, mm, a lot of time to think uh, in this big update, you can break the API easily, and maybe the new update uh, uh, introduce some other bug, and when you fix this bug, you break API again, and this is one something that I want completely avoid. And uh, for this reason, we are a little bit uh, slow, uh, slower in this side because uh, we are trying to say what is the best way to do this one. Yeah, um, actually, maybe we can talk a little bit more about how GraphQL Flutter is kind of drawn up because it's not just GraphQL Flutter. Like I think it's actually GraphQL and then there's GraphQL Flutter, which depends on GraphQL, right? Because you can just use the GraphQL part by itself. And then GraphQL Flutter, I think, let me know if I'm wrong, is just like a bunch of widgets that use GraphQL to kind of better, maybe I'll let you talk about this because I, maybe I'm not going to say it's, I never used it before, so I think I have to ask you for this help. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, it is a great question because uh, we, we are maintaining not only one package, we are maintaining two packages. Uh, basically, um, the GraphQL Flutter implement a GraphQL client. That is uh, something an HTTP is usually an HTTP client uh, that is able to to speak also WebSocket protocol. Um, that is uh, used to handle all the query that you you want to make in that in poor Dart language. 
and this means that uh, you usually don't uh, maybe uh, you don't want to use uh, the GraphQL with a, um, a a Flutter application, right? But a command line application, or maybe you want to make a script uh, to to query GraphQL. Uh, the um, uh, you want to make a script to query the GitHub page to make a custom action, right? Uh, you can do this with Dart, uh, and you can do this with GraphQL Flutter because uh, internally we have uh, another package that is called uh, GraphQL, and uh, this package uh, handles all the client logic. Uh, implement the protocol, implement the uh, query, the query parsing, implement uh, mm, all the type that you want, right? Uh, all the type that you that you, that you need inside a GraphQL client. After that, uh, this package is used in, inside the real GraphQL Flutter. That is only a wrapper around this uh, this uh, this client and said, okay, if you want to build uh, something in your uh, in your Flutter application, we provide uh, to you some widget that you can use at the, you, you can use inside uh, uh, your application. Usually, with simple GraphQL query, uh, you don't need to use this GraphQL uh, package. A GraphQL uh, uh, Flutter package, uh, but you can use only the GraphQL Flutter, the GraphQL uh, client, sorry. Uh, and uh, this uh, avoid the that you will couple with the package too much, uh, because if you implement your query, you are depending. Uh, if you are implementing your query with a, a, flat, a GraphQL Flutter widget, you are implement you are couple um, with the package. Uh, too much with uh, all, your tree is depending from the package, and what we are trying to avoid is uh, the GraphQL uh, package uh, avoid uh, this type of uh, couple with the tree of Flutter, and um, uh, yeah, uh, I think uh, I I give the good uh, overview. Uh, let me know if I'm missing something. Can we talk more about like what kinds of like. Because as I said before, to me, like maybe maybe you're talking to me, right? This is a very good audience to to talk about. Is I only feel the need to ever use the client, and the way I use the client is that I just keep calling everything from scratch because I'm always afraid that, uh, you know, I like I never take cache. I never use cache because my clients and stuff are always updating data. So to me, it's like I'd rather just grab the latest data because I tried caching before, but what happens is that when they test. They will update something in the back end and then they try to fetch it and it's not updated because they, they're caching and then they get upset with me. Oh, why is the app broken? So I just never cache. Um, but like, if should I use caching? And also like, maybe, do you think I, I should take a look at some of these widgets that Flutter GraphQL has? Like that, that's my two kind of questions I have. The, to answer the first question is uh, we are missing the invalidation of uh, the query, the, the cache, right? Uh, because we don't have any mechanism to say, hey, this cache is too old respect to the query. Um, and uh, this is a very tricky problem with, because GraphQL doesn't implement this uh, type of communication client server. You don't know what is the uh, last query uh, update query that you have. On the server, you can do that because it's the server that updates the data, right? Uh, 
uh, each time that the server update the data, you say, okay, this query is hold, and you put in the trash, right? Uh, uh, in the client, this is, to get, is a little bit more difficult because you don't know, you really don't know uh, what is the, uh, the last data update with, uh, uh, with, with the server. Uh, but the cache is useful when uh, you are you have a, a mobile app uh, that uh, you have without connection, and uh, basically we have in GraphQL uh, um, a type of rules like internet and cache. For instance, the application the library try to speak with before with the server. If something is wrong, uh, we enter inside the cache and say this is the last data that we know. Uh, we don't can we cannot do better than this, and uh, the the alternative to uh, if you don't want this cache data, uh, you you got an error. I, I don't know how, how what what is happening, right? Um, there are other options, maybe only cache, uh, maybe uh, only different stuff, right? Different type of uh, of cache, and only cache is useful, for instance, when you are calling a static API. Uh, for instance, when you are calling a Pokemon API, um, or a, an API that, uh, for instance, uh, uh, you implement your blog, uh, and uh, you won't show, uh, the, you know, if you, if you have the data of this po blog post, is this blog post forever, right? Maybe you, you can uh, change uh, the, uh, you make the typo and you can fix the typo, but uh, uh, if you think a little bit uh, more general with that cor corner case, there are some type of uh, API that you don't care about uh, uh, the, the data updated, because this API, API maybe never update the data after uh, the query, right? And you, you can use only the cache. Uh, I think in the cache system we can improve something, from my point of view, um, but uh, this is uh, the cache is very useful when uh, when you have a mobile app and you have uh, you you are uh, without internet and you say hey mm, there is something wrong with internet right uh, right here and we are providing the old data that we have, uh, but we we need to figure out a very inv uh, invalidation data. When is a good moment to invalidate the data? And this is tricky because we need to, to implement some requirement uh, uh, in the server. And uh, uh, this is, uh, I don't know, uh, it's a tricky. To answer the second question about when you need to use uh, um, the widget, basically the widget, in my point of view, uh, is usable when you need to handle the subscription. When you need to, uh, to, to, to listen some event on the server and you need to update your, your UI. Uh, basically how Firebase works, right? If you use a Firebase package, you need to subscribe, um, an object, right? And, uh, each time the Firebase listen an event on the server, uh, update your UI. This is the only way that I see also in my use case, useful use a widget, because you don't need to implement nothing, no observer, no other package, external package, you need only to say, hey, mm, here is the data that the server can uh, change uh, uh, sometime, 
and I want that the change reflect this data, uh, reflect this uh, portion of the UI. And this, I think, is the only way to to justify the, in my point of view, the usage of uh, widget. That makes sense. I think I should start playing with the widgets a little bit more because I just feel like I'm missing out because a lot of things I, th I just build from scratch, like, you know, pulling up and uh, getting like to load more of this kind of stuff. I just do it by scratch, which is probably not the best way to do it. To implement the, the infinite scroll list, if you are talking mm -hmm. about that, yeah. I, um, I don't remember if we need something. Uh, also, I am building with GraphQL uh, client. Uh, I am not using the widget uh, because uh, I, I, I am comfortable with another uh, uh, package that uh, implement this uh, infinite scroll view and uh, have a, a, a controller that uh, when the the widget uh, finish the query all uh, finish uh, arrive to the end of the list, he call this controller and basically you implement the paginator stuff. And uh, in my point of view, this is a very uh, good thing to to do with GraphQL. But I don't know if uh, if you can build something with the widget. We uh, I, I never play with this type of use case before. But uh, yeah, mm, this is another thing that we I won't avoid, right? Because uh, uh, now if you implement this scroll, infinite scroll list with GraphQL uh, Flutter. Uh, you are missing another good uh, package or me or maybe uh you need to work together with this package but now your application are depending from two different package and you need to hope that this package will continue to up to stay updated and uh, yeah uh i am more a client user because uh in the client uh, uh a, a graphql client user because in the client you can enter more stuff and say, okay, this is my code, and I want to implement this in this way. Maybe you are more comfortable with the widget, and you can make the same stuff with the widget, right? Actually, I have, a, I have another question for you that just kind of popped into my head. Um, I'm thinking about the code gen, right? Because the cool part about GraphQL, there's some basic types that they have implemented, uh, some basic scalers, right? I think int uh, id, which is basically a string, um, it's more semantic in that case, uh, string, uh, and some other ones, right? But my kind of question or thinking about is like, how would you handle like these custom types, uh, that you can create? So I'm thinking like on the server side, I know I can define things like a date time or a date or something like, like a date, I think was one I defined. And that one is just, you know, ISO year dash month dash uh, day. Like, how would you handle converting back and forth between that? Because that's not so clear, right? That actually has to take some some custom code to do. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm not the the author of the GraphQL uh, the GraphQL code jam, uh, but uh, uh, usually this uh, is specified in a uh, in a descriptor uh, that is called the build .yaml. Uh where you say, "Hey, uh, I want this type, and this type is uh, this other type." And uh, the GraphQL uh, code gen, when don't find a type that can respect, uh, uh, when don't find a type, like, uh, I don't know, I have a date time, uh, and, uh, or other type, right? Custom, um, custom type. 
The easy thing to do is convert this type in a string. Because uh, the string you can convert in an old type that you want. If you have a timestamp, you can convert the timestamp in a daytime easily. And uh, for, for, um, for make easy to do this uh, for the user, right? If you don't declare a type for us, uh, is an, uh, uh, is an, uh, a string, not for, for us because I am not the, the, the author. I am also the user, uh, only the user. But for, uh, for the package, uh, is a type string. And uh, from the string in Dart, you can convert uh, all the types that you want, not only in Dart. Yeah, but the nice part about the Dart, so what I like, I kind of want to go back to making the server. Um, for people out there, if you have to ever make the server, I think GraphQL is really great to be, if I'm going to implement API, I'd rather implement GraphQL API. Now, let me tell you guys why. The reason is that if any of those custom types fail, it at least for the library that I use, it never hits my application code. So let's say I make a uh, social security number. And let's say that in order to validate a social security number, or no, actually, sorry, let's, let's, let's roll it back. Let's say credit card, right? Because everybody in the world has credit card, everybody has social security ID. So let's say credit card. There is some very standard algorithms that can verify if a credit card number is valid or not. So what you can do is when you decrypt this string to be a credit card on the server side, you can do checking on that. And if it fails, you never have to worry about it failing for your backend. So you can automatically remove any type of bad credit card input from users before it even hits your API, which I think is one of the best parts about using GraphQL for, for a backend. Sorry, you're shaking your head yes because you're like, yes, yes, I forgot about this, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, this is uh, something very cool uh, uh, of GraphQL uh, because uh, this is one, one thing that I did uh, in, my, uh, in my GraphQL Flutter uh, in GraphQL Server. Uh, basically, uh, what, uh, when we collect the metrics right, uh, of this uh, black, bo uh, black box that we have, you want, the, you want proof that uh, the, the, the guys that are sending you this matrix is real these guys. And what, we, what, we, what I implemented in this, uh, in this uh, server, we have a query, we have a mutation query uh, that takes the, um, for instance, the ID of the node, uh, the, the payload, the JSON payload, and the signature of this payload. And I, with the ID that is a public key, I can sign uh, I verify the payload and I know, okay, this is, uh, uh, th is uh, your black, bo black box that are sending the data. This is very cool with, uh, with, with that, uh, with GraphQL. Uh, but it's also something that uh, is tricky because, uh, uh, if you think a little bit, uh, uh, to verify a hash of a string, you want exactly this string. And, uh, but uh, in GraphQL, you want you want to implement the the um, migrated the uh, mutation query uh, with a strongly typed, right? I want the metrics payload as a GraphQL object, not as a string. Uh, and this is something a little bit tricky to to do. If I want to verify the data that are provided from a uh, from a, a safe uh, source. I have no, uh, no stuff, no way to do that, right? Uh, 
Only the way to do that is provide under the, a string and check the string with some fancy algorithm. Uh, if you want, uh, the, easy, the easy way to do is implement our authentication stuff, right? Uh, and you say, you are authenticated, I trust it, I trust you. But in some other system, the authentication is too much, maybe in, and you want some simple way. And you got the point uh, where GraphQL is a little bit tricky because you need to provide some, some different type under a string. And with this string, you can make your own operation. What I also like is enums too. It makes it quite clear too. You can use enums, which I think is fantastic. As opposed to REST, you're kind of stuck with just the basic JSON types and you have to build your own kind of validations. Oh, and one more thing too, to talk about the types is that you can make things required or not required, which is also awesome. There's a lot of these nice things that we're so used to that we always forget about. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of stuff of, uh, of GraphQL. Uh, the, the required and not required properties very good way. Uh, also to talk uh, uh, server client, but not, but not talk uh, by uh, application and application, but developer and developer, right? Because uh, to do that uh, in, uh, in, uh, in the REST API, you need to define a JSON schema. And uh, the JSON schema is completely a uh, mess. I don't know, it's too confusing. And uh, mm, what I like to do uh, usually uh, in GraphQL is something, if there is the bang operator is uh, not optional, and I know that this property there is always here. Uh, if it's optional, uh maybe this i can avoid or maybe sometime uh, there is can cause some null pointer exception in my uh, in my uh, application and uh, in dart this is very uh, a very good information to have because uh, we have null safety and if you use a, a not nullable type with an uh, optional type in the query uh, in the in the server uh, you have a, an error, a compiler, and uh, can be very, uh, very usable sometimes. You have this uh, strongly typed inside the query. You can define your type and say this is optional, this no. Yours is a good point. Yeah, that I, I like. I said I don't think I ever want to go back to using REST after this. I think people just don't know about GraphQL, and, and that's kind of why I wanted to give an introduction about what it is. So yeah, I think you also used the the term. REST 2.0? Yeah. <laughs> is that what the term? Maybe we should call it REST 3.0 because it seems like everybody's at past two now, right? You got Web 3, you got uh, 5G. I mean, two is too too old, I think. Maybe we should bump it up to Web 3.0, 3.1 or something. Yeah, th this is a definition that uh, uh, I am working on the Bitcoin side and we are thinking about uh, introducing this GraphQL uh, inside uh, one implementation of the Lightning Network that is another fancy name um, and uh, the an external maintainer said to me hey this is a graphql is a, a rest to the to the oh i think you are right right and um, I, I like to define uh, graphql an evolution of uh, the rest because take all the tricky stuff that we have in rest and say hey this is a standard we have uh, this good stuff and uh, why not using it? Uh, the other thing, too, that I want to talk about real quick um, for the back end, right? In case you guys are back end programmers. 
the let's we, we keep saying all the good stuff about about GraphQL, but there is some negatives about GraphQL. The one negative I have to say is how to properly handle um the relations, right? When I mentioned like the friends, 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 grandfather's dog kind of thing. If you're using SQL, that can be very tricky to do, right? You need to have some proper querying. Like that is probably one of the worst parts about GraphQL when you're on the back end. Um, how do you usually handle this kind of problem? Yeah, this is something that uh, is the in the the opposite side of uh, of the good thing, right? Um, I, I usually try to to implement the to to maintain the 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 stuff easy, um, and uh, with GraphQL this can be oh, okay. There is uh, this uh, method to walk inside the tree. Why not using it? The 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 way uh, I think why don't using it is because uh, we can uh, make this stuff very weird and complex. But sometimes you cannot you cannot avoid. You can you want this. Uh, you, this is your data model, and you cannot do nothing about that. And uh, I think uh, in this way you need to properly implement the the server in, in, in some way that uh, I really don't know right now. Uh, I need to think a little bit, but. Uh, uh, there are some use cases though where uh, your server need to make uh, uh, more work than usual. Well, there's more than one way to solve this, right? One way is that you can change your database to Mongo, make make it all top level documents, which I think I've heard a lot of people saying is a good idea. Yeah, uh, Daisy thing is change something that is not working, right? Uh, and or maybe jump to something more easy to to do. And MongoDB or no level uh, or NoSQL DB is for sure the way to do. But if you think a little bit, uh, if you are implementing your data, your REST API, or you are migrating your REST API to a GraphQL, usually your REST API is more popular uh, that uh, under the hood there is a NoSQL database. And... Uh, yeah, I think in this way, uh, we, you can implement some data replication in a NoSQL, uh, NoSQL database to make this, uh, this, uh, this object easy or this mapping easy. Uh, and I think that uh, NoSQL database is, uh, the way that reflect much more the data structure of the query, right? Um, because inside you can have another idea, you walk, you can walk, jump inside this idea. Uh, and, uh, yeah, uh, I think usually you can't, if you are migrate, you can change the database if you are migrating your API. You have one stack, uh, stack, uh, tech stack under the hood that you cannot change. But, uh, this is uh, the choice that I al al also made in my uh, GraphQL server is use a NoSQL database uh, because uh, it's, mm, it's simple in some way. But there is another, there's more than one way too, right? The other popular way, which I think is kind of old by now, is using the data loader pattern. Data loader pattern, right? Have you heard this pattern before? Yeah, I I I I read more on this pattern uh, before, uh, but I am not 
comfortable with. I never, I, I never uh, have uh, the use case to implement this, uh, um, this walk tree uh, in uh, uh, the, a complex walk tree. Right? Uh, and I try a simple data, uh, NoSQL database uh, uh, works for me. Uh, but uh, yeah, there are uh, these uh, good points that you are making. It. Also, there is there are different solutions uh, to to achieve some project, some uh, some goal. For me, I think a lot of these. So I always use um, Postgres, and I know that the, for the the language that I use, they have this data loader package that just kind of you can just kind of drop in and. It's closely related to the ORM or the database connector that you use. And so when you define your relations, you just define your schema properly, right? And it knows already how to query stuff. So you could say, okay, give me my, uh, I don't know, give me my addresses, uh, states, bird, something like that. And so it could properly traverse everything. And it's kind of cool because it could, it can pull out all the IDs and and then pull a query once to the table and say, "Give me all the states that have this these IDs," and it'll pass it a list of IDs and then somehow connect everything together. Um, I'm not sure exactly how it works underneath the hood, but I do know that it does separate queries. Uh, so if you're getting a bunch of stuff like that, it could reduce the queries from like n plus one to like you know n plus whatever number of relations that you have makes it much much easier. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something that uh, is, um, uh, as Java developer, uh, I, I use Hibernate. is something that makes the same job, I think. Uh, you define your schema, uh, your data model, and after that, uh, uh, Hibernate say, okay, uh, I know how query this simple data, and uh, uh, you don't worry, you just call uh, the access to our get method, and he implements correctly all the retrieval information with all the database i think you are thinking you are talking about some something similar uh in um, in in go there is another package that make this uh, this job uh, uh uh i don't know how it's called i think uh, gorilla or something like that uh but uh, there are different uh, uh framework that make this uh, auto mapping of uh of the data model in a database. Uh, yeah, but in any case, like I, I think what I really wanted to kind of output to people is that although we, we are saying all great things about GraphQL, it's not all, it's not a silver bullet, right? There's going to be some issues you can run into. But if you're getting stuck by, you know, how can I properly handle API or how can I make this easier or whatever, I think it's a great, it's a great tool. Um, and I think that it solves a lot of issues that are annoying, but you have to trade it off with, can you actually handle all of these kind of N plus one query issues you might run into? Uh, and something like data loader pattern or choosing a different database may end up solving that problem for you, but it's, it's, not a, it's not an easy choice saying, okay, just choose option A because that will fit every occasion. That's not necessarily true. So you have to take your, your kind of, choose, choose your poison, I guess. Yeah. That's one way to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you are completely true, uh, uh, right? And uh, also a good uh, another uh, another thing is not. I don't think it's an uh, uh, is uh, this problem is another way to see um, the another the problem 
query a big a big uh, uh, API, right? Uh, what we talked before when you have a, a graphic a REST API, complex REST API, when you fill a, a, a single object, you need tra to traverse a tree. And in the, in the REST API, you need to call n type of, uh, uh, of um, you need to query uh, n type of uh, uh, URL, because you want uh, this type, but uh, this type is uh, connected with another type and you need to make two uh, type of uh, requests. This makes easy the backend because with two type of uh, uh, URL you can query two type of server and two type of uh, table, right? SQL table. Uh, in the GraphQL is a little bit tricky because this is compact, right? Uh, you have a single query that is uh, are going in a server or multiple server, but the query is uh, in, is compact in a way that you need uh, to split in, uh, and maybe you need uh, to, to make uh, different query sometimes in different place or maybe also different database. Uh, I think uh, also this is uh, another problem that is not solved, right? Uh, it's only another way to see the problem. Uh, I think th there's some people working on this. I think there's Apollo Federation which is trying to work on this problem. Is that what I'm thinking about correctly? Yeah, uh, there is a, a Apollo Federation and uh, they are making this uh, interface. I see our interface uh, in uh, and around uh, after this interface, there is a word that is completely, I say, how, how is big that? And there is this uh, this type of uh, project that are uh, uh, try to solving this uh, this uh, uh, this problem. You you got a query, but the query is split in different uh, in different uh, subquery, and this subquery goes in maybe in two different servers. Okay, that if I have many different servers, I think they have a much bigger issue to worry about than GraphQL. I think that's small on my list. If I need to start breaking things apart and worrying about this part, I think GraphQL is not a big deal. Yeah. That is just an inter interface issue rather than <laughs> other kinds of stuff. Yeah, that this is, I think, when, when you need scale a, a very big API. And there, there is a, a lot of type uh, of, um, of solution for this problem, right? But the easy one is split the API in multiple servers. Okay. Um, I mean, we, we've definitely gone a lot through your package and have you took up quite a bit of your time. I just have a couple of last questions for you. I think the one last question I have for you is kind of like, uh, what is there any like immediate changes you guys are, are making that you think people should know about and that, you know, because you guys are, are, are in there shaking things up a little bit, right? Are these trying to, to keep things smooth for now or you actually have some plans for what you want to do? Because it sounds like you want to integrate more with the code gen is that right yeah uh yeah basically uh what we are we have already integrated in in the beta we are in, in the beta phases we are uh, we have the official uh, 5.0.1 uh, version around the corner but uh, we are under the beta and uh, with the beta.5 um, we have implemented the uh, in the query result you we have a a type that in the graph in the GraphQL client that is called the query result. Now in the query result you can call a parse function, and you can mapping the JSON result that are uh, that the server are sending to you in a Dart uh, object. 
and uh, with a with a, a package that is uh, JSON uh, uh, that. Uh, uh, that make uh, the JSON mapping of your dark object in uh, auto-generated, right? There is a package like uh, JSON annotation, or I don't remember the name of the package right now, but there is uh, this uh, compile time package that uh, generate uh, from uh, JSON to JSON. Uh, and uh, maybe, and now we have the opportunity to say, okay, you are putting your API and uh, you want mapping the result directly in an object and these uh, avoid uh, for instance um, that you need to access in the map that we return because now we return a map uh, with a string uh, and a dynamic type and this is how the generic json is mapping and maybe you are uh, you are trying to you need to access uh, uh, in uh, in the user, but the user have some uh, login data, and you you need to make this query uh, access in the map, right, with the curly braces, and this is very bad because uh, this uh, uh, make the code very bad. Uh, and the things that we are doing uh, is uh, say, okay, uh, you have this parse function, you inject inside this parse function your uh, decode code. And you can decode the solution, uh, the, the response from the server directly in a Dart object. And this is uh, strictly connected with the Dart, with the CodeGen, uh, uh, package, uh, because, uh, you can make all the ticks auto-generated and you can avoid as much as possible user error. Okay. That sounds like a good change. Yeah, and uh, for the future, uh, we we want support the GraphQL, uh, the new GraphQL protocol uh, for WebSocket uh, to speaking with the WebSocket because who, now we we supporting a deprecated GraphQL WebSocket protocol, and we want support uh, the the new one. Uh, but uh, this is uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, we need to find it, the time. Uh, we need to, to find a way to protect the the old user from the change that we uh, we uh, introduce, and also we hope to to find some grants to uh, to support the package and support the developing of this package. Yeah, I do. I do see you guys actually have some backers, right? So you're looking for more supporting for financially or for people to actually contribute or both. Uh, I think for both, because uh, more people are supporting the library, more uh, more more work for the community. Uh, it more easy is uh, more easy for the maintainer is to maintain a library, right? Because uh, for instance, if we have more collaboration for the user when, before to open an issue, now we require a, an example, right? You want I want a reproducer example because I cannot pass two days. Uh, on your issue and after the error is your on your server and uh, the server is basically uh, a thing that you can test because maybe you have a, an authentication uh, way or your api are internal of your startup and uh, we we cannot uh, we cannot uh, uh, um, debugging properly your bug and if you write on and a reproducer example, a simple reproducer example, you can find easily if your bug is inside the library or is inside the server. Um, and uh, the the thing that we are going to do is uh, this is also the reason that I'm making uh, the 
live streaming is uh, helping the people to say hey this is not a big a big deal you can do that if you pass a, a little bit time to, to play with dart and graphql uh, you can help the, the the maintainer to continue to maintain this package right um, and basically with a good fifties uh, with also we have a community on discord that uh, the people can talk directly with me and say, "Hey, I want help. There is some some path that uh, that I can follow. Maybe you are working on some update example that I can take uh, as a good first way to contributing in the open source way world." And we are uh, also we are looking for passionate users that want help the community because we uh, we are uh, doing this for free. And we are doing this uh, uh, in the free time. And if we join the free time, we can continue to uh, uh, to support the library and uh, avoid that uh, from six months uh, to now um, we left the package because we don't have any free time. And the other time, the other thing that we are looking for is something that uh, can help us uh, uh, financially to support the package because. Uh, uh we are doing this uh, as i said for free uh for me is my main job is open source and i live with donation right and uh, and and grant from uh, uh from people that are supporting my my project and uh i can if uh, if the user use the library and like the library and like how interact or they maintain interact with the community is a good way to support this package because uh, uh, if I need to work, uh, if I need to find a, a full-time job uh, after one year, I, for sure I need to to left uh, uh, the job as maintainer of the package. Uh, for me, like I'm interested to know, like if I were to give money to the project, where would the money be spent? I mean, I understand it; it's probably for you, right, for your daily living expenses. But what I see right now is there's not a lot of money coming in. It's like a few thousand US dollar, which I don't think is much. So, like, how would you initially be spending the money, and then, like, do you, can you are you going to be public about this, and like, how you're going to use it? Uh, basically, yeah. Uh, I usually uh, have a, a, a standard. Our um, basically, uh, if there is some standard way, uh, standard incoming from the community, uh, basically, uh, there is a part of that came to the maintainer that makes some job, right? Uh, I open, uh, I fix some bug and uh, I make more work than usual. I take more money than usual. Otherwise, it's the opposite stuff. But uh, one important stuff is uh, there is, uh, we are missing a documentation side. We are missing a domain side. Uh, and uh, partially of this donation is also to improve this partial, this, uh, this, uh, uh, this side that is not covered from the developer because uh, we are developing it, we are uh, like a compiler, right? We care only the code. But the, the end user wants, hey, I want a website that I want to see, read how the library works. I don't care how we implement this in the lower level. I want only the upper level. And this is something that uh, I need uh, to find more time, right? Because you have the bug fixing, the uh, the... Uh, the release, uh, the release uh, step, right? But uh, if you want a documentation, and we are not in the top of the list, uh, and you want 
I don't know, you want the documentation, we won't put this on priority, right? Uh, and we give more importance to the user that uh, are spending a little bit more money for us to uh, support the, uh, in a proper way the, the package and the documentation, right? You sound a lot like American politics, I think. I listen to my big donors more than my non-donors. <laughs> No, uh, uh, yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a summit, something that I, uh, I care too much about uh, the, um, the work uh, that is... Uh, I, I love to maintain the people that are making some work uh, to continue to do the work that are doing, right? Uh, and uh, I am so sad to say, to jump inside one repository, I see that maintainer left one popular package that are supporting a thousand of, uh, uh, of uh, for instance, uh, uh, of startups, right, uh, for a full-time job. Uh, maybe if there is someone that, I don't know, um, can support this library, right, uh, it's, it's good for also to maintain one, one people that is passionate for, for doing this type of job uh, to continue to do that, right? And uh, you have a, a good package, you can have a, a more tested package because uh, if you have a big community, you have a, a good package tested, right? And uh, uh, I think uh, that support is important in the open source world. No, but I made a joke before, but I understand like you need to give something to people who actually uh, give support back to you guys, right? And I think that makes sense. I don't know what is the best way to do that. I mean, you, you want to. Uh, to entice people to give support and you want to give recognition to those people who give you support. But at the same time, you cannot be like, oh, well, you know, this guy is giving money and he wants this particular feature. And because he's been giving money, I should do this thing for him. I mean, that depends on what the feature is, right? I mean, that, that's going to be tricky, especially if companies start throwing down some massive money. Yeah, this is, uh, this is, uh, this is tricky, uh, very tricky, uh, because, uh, after that we, we talk about, uh, acquisition of the package from what company and, uh, it, I, it is out of my, uh, of my maintainer pipe, uh, power, right? Uh, but, uh, the package is, uh, um, uh, is an, the donation is a tricky, a tricky way. Uh, also because Apollo, for instance, uh, have a, a client library, the Apollo client library for Android that is sponsored open source, but uh, is sponsored from a, a Apollo, uh, Apollo uh, company, right? And uh, the Apollo company have some priority and uh, maybe the priority for the company is different from the priority of the user. Uh, and uh, we, we try to go out all in the same way. But uh, uh, we all also, uh, also asking for that the user help us for not with money, but also with code, uh, with code review, with uh, issue opening or something, uh, something else. Right? Any any type of support is welcome. It's not uh, about the money. Oh, I give uh, uh, the GraphQL page, package uh, one uh, an amount of money because I want this feature. Maybe this feature. Uh, helping your uh, your startup and maybe your developer can developing this feature inside the package and open a pull request, right? It's also a big achievement. Yeah, I see what you mean. Um, okay, is there anything else you wanted to say before we just have a couple of last questions outside of GraphQL? 
and uh, GraphQL Flutter? Uh, for GraphQL Flutter, no. We are working step by step to uh, to keep alive the package. And uh, I think uh, in the next few days, we we have the uh, the new official uh, release after a long time. And uh, yeah, nothing else. Uh, I think we cover a good part of the package. I just have one, basically two questions that I like to ask. One is, what type of uh, state management system do you like to usually use? Uh, yeah, this is uh, a connection of my, pre uh, I will connect uh, on my previous uh, thing that I, I told. Uh, is um, I don't like coupling with uh, the uh, with the package too much. I want that uh, tomorrow there is an, a good guy that uh, um, implement a good state management. I won't change easily my application. For instance, I am stuck with uh, get it uh, because I, I like too much the the way that uh, you implement this type of. Uh, uh, Dependency injection uh, stuff. Uh, I don't. Uh, I don't think that is uh, strictly a good definition of state management in uh, in uh, in Flutter. Uh, I also start to use block, uh, but uh, I, from my point of view, I see block too invasive inside uh, uh, the GraphQL application. I see uh, block. Uh, it's not uh, like a Flutter application anymore, but it's a block application, right? Because you are depending a lot of from the package. Uh, and uh, but uh, there are use cases where you need a, a block, for instance. And uh, but there are more simple cases where you you can abstract uh, in an internal interface your uh, your. Uh, mm, state management or your provider, right? And uh, you can implement different provider with different library. And uh, this is what I am currently doing in my uh, application. I am also uh, I am also developing in the free time one uh, Darta, uh, a Flutter mobile application for the hospital worker called uh, ShiftU. And uh, I stra uh, I this is really what I do in the free 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 time. Uh, and uh, it's not uh, I am not uh, more time to work uh, much time to work on this app. And I want to avoid that uh, each time that I need to work, I need to update some uh, some uh, package because uh, one is not supported anymore or something else. And for for this reason, I am using uh, much more get it. Uh, because I can uh, implement by hand uh, what I need. Uh, but there are use cases, how I, how I said, that you need uh, external package, more complex package, like block. I use a block, and I like that also. It's very cool. Are you using Git uh, with a mix-in or no? Oh, no. Uh, I'm using uh, only the Git package uh, and uh, nothing else. Okay. We had Thomas on the show a couple of shows ago and yeah. he might be very upset you're not using his mixing because it's, it is pretty, it's pretty interesting. If you have you ever seen it before? Yeah. Uh, the mixing, you, you said the mixing of, uh, uh, um, the, the key, the, the Dart feature, right? Uh, you, you are talking about. No, the name of the package is called Get It Mixin and oh, it has no. a lot of stuff built on top of Get It, which actually makes it easier to work with. It's quite. Oh, it's quite full featured. It's quite cool. You should check it out. I, I, yeah, I need to see uh, this uh, this package. I, I missed it. Uh, yeah, thanks. Let's check it out. Uh, and I think the last question I have is, 
as somebody who is pretty advanced in Dart and Flutter, is there any tips or tricks or warnings you have for people who are beginning their journey within Dart and Flutter? Uh, yeah, uh, I I have uh, a good. Uh, I think uh, what what advice to myself uh, is um, is something that uh, if I if, when people start start uh, start coding something is start to build something that can be useful for for learning. But uh, what I what I try uh, what I found very useful is start to jumping in the real project. Uh, and uh, for instance, my uh, my journey of uh, learning Dart and Flutter is uh, I won't build something real. I won't build. I won't working with someone that are building something real. And this is because uh, this is the main uh, stuff that uh, that I start to to working on uh, on Flutter and Dart ecosystem. We have uh, we need a lot of maintainer. Uh, if you jump inside the Flutter plugin, uh, there are a lot of plugins without a maintainer, without a notable maintainer. And I don't, I really don't understand because uh, uh, the motivation that uh, uh, one guy that I start learning cannot learn in a real project. And um, I, I think it's a good, a good thing to, uh, to do and also the good moment to do because uh, Flutter is, uh, is an, I think uh, we 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 continue to hear for a long time of Flutter, and uh, it's a good moment to jump in some project and learn real stuff. Right? How also in this way you can uh, learn also how support a community and make uh, your job really useful for someone. I think that was that was good. Like I like that we talked a lot about you know GraphQL and what it is. In case people still haven't heard about it yet, hear more about the package. Hear that the package is in good hands. Some fresh minds. I think shaking up the the people who actually put a lot of input into it is also good too, because you have new pair of eyes, new perspective, and fresh blood to kind of give maybe new ideas to the project. And I think that's good. And uh, yeah, I don't think I have anything else. So, uh, how can people contact you if they want to get uh, to know you some more? Oh yeah, um, in uh, I am I am very active on GitHub and in my profile uh, with uh, Vincenzo Palazzo all in one word. Maybe I can share with you the link. Uh, I have all the contact list uh, by email on Twitter. I am very active on Twitter, uh, also on Discord and uh, some different uh, way to contact me. Um, and yeah, I think it's a good summary my GitHub uh, with all my contacts. And also I am on LinkedIn like uh, uh, Palazzo Vincenzo. I will share also the link um, to you after. All right. I appreciate you for coming on. Uh, maybe we can have you back after more releases and see what's the status of GraphQL Flutter and let people know, you know, what's going on, what's been changing since you guys took over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I am very excited to be here again to talk with GraphQL Flutter and uh, Flutter in general is a very good talk. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you.